freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Well, welcome back to our number two of the 72nd episode. Episode 72, Dan. You're making me feel heavy and old now. (laughs) Of Gun Freedom Radio. And you know what? We're live today. We are. We haven't gotten to be live in forever, it feels like, because of the way the holidays fell. I feel so alive right now. (laughs) Nice. I like what you did there. Anyway, thanks for being here with us. It's Gun Freedom Radio, of course. We engage, we educate, we inform, and we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And the reason that he said I was making him feel heavy and old is because our theme today is fitness and firearms. And, uh, you know, I think after the holidays, Dan and I both are looking at each other like, hmm, fitness, we might want to get out and walk a little bit. Well, if I'd have known Brian was coming on the show, I wouldn't have brought a pumpkin bread from Starbucks (laughs) to the studio. Yeah, our, and now I don't want it. Our pre- that's probably a good thing. Our previous guest Brian Hill was really breaking down the the topic of fitness and firearms. So if you missed any part of the first hour, you definitely want to go back and catch that. And uh, today's recording and every show we've ever done is recorded and lives on our website. Just go to gunfreedomradio.com, click on the on demand tab. And every one of our shows is there waiting for you to binge listen. And you can listen to it while you're at the gym. And listen to it while you're at the gym. I like that. Or maybe, yeah. Maybe I could listen to it while I'm at the gym, huh? <laughs> I'm not looking in your direction. No, I'm good. All right. Well, as I said, our theme today is fitness and firearms. And our next guest is Chris Wagner, who is an Ops Lens contributor a U.S. Army veteran, and has been in law enforcement for the last 35-plus years. So when we talk about fitness and firearms with Chris, with his background, we might be talking about the physical and mental fitness of firearms training and maybe also, you know, how well a gun fits in your life and and how to best handle, uh, you know, any encounter with a, a police officer if you're a firearms owner and you're in your car and you have a gun, we're going to break down a lot of stuff like that with Chris and welcome him to the show now. Chris, are you with us? I am, and thank you for having me today. Oh, absolutely. We are very excited, and thank you, sir, for your service. I mean, you've devoted I, your entire life to service. I appreciate that. Yes, since I was 18. Well, Chris, you know, hi, this is Dan, and welcome to the show. You know, we, I've talked to a lot of people, and... And one of the questions that come up the most is, how does law enforcement officers feel about me carrying a firearm? Yeah, and and that's something that I get a lot also. Um, Being in the academy realm right now, I've retired from the active road duty type of of an officer to being in charge of a police academy where I train new officers. And I've got to tell you, law enforcement officers these days, we have a different mindset that compared to old officers, I would say that we really appreciate the citizens who are out there. It has happened twice now in the last couple of months. I don't know if you guys saw the new news release on the Arizona incident that just happened, but in Florida, Absolutely. we had a citizen. Yeah, we had a citizen who saved a deputy's life mm-hmm. by stopping on the side of the road and a suspect was beating a deputy to death, literally in the middle of the road. No one was stopping, and a citizen stops, jumps out of his car with his concealed carry permit gun, and ends up having to shoot the suspect and saves the deputy's life. And I will tell you that I thought that might be a kind of isolated incident. And then, lo and behold, last week, it happened again in Arizona. A citizen stops, helps a a police officer, a state trooper this time, who was basically in the exact same type of situation, being beaten to death, and saved his life by shooting the suspect. 
cops do not dislike people who carry firearms. We actually love them. In my 35 plus years, I have had several citizens stop and assist me at times where I felt I was alone and my nearest backup was miles away. And had it not been for those citizens, I probably would have been put in the hospital or even worse. So no, cops, cops do not dislike people who carry firearms. In fact, they're our first line of defense and backup. Right. Now, we want to remind people, when we say people carrying firearms, we want them to be responsible, well-trained citizens, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're talking about those people who are, you know, the legal, law-abiding citizens, which are 99.9% of those who go out and get a permit, those who go out and follow the laws and, and follow the regulations. We do not, as law enforcement officers, we do not dislike those people at all. We are totally in favor of the Second Amendment. We are totally in favor of citizens who are law-abiding and able to carry a firearm. Please do so. We cannot be everywhere at the same time. We are first responders, not first presenters. We can't prevent crime. Mm. We only respond after the crime has happened. You, as a citizen, have to take the responsibility of protecting yourself and protecting your families, and we wholeheartedly support that. Right, and by being trained means not just how to handle your firearm, but when to use the firearm and when is it not proper to use a firearm. Yeah, you know, each state is different, and they have kind of a different set of, of laws as regarding to what you can and cannot do with your firearm. And I really, really hope that your listeners will go out there and research and learn their state's rules and regulations on the use of force. When can you use your firearm? When can you not use it? And when is it appropriate? And the other thing that I hope that they do is they actually start thinking about, can they actually use a firearm against a fellow human being? Because not everybody is able to do that. You know, there are, there are cops who mm-hmm. go through the police academy and get out there on the road And when that one time or that incident comes where they have to use their firearm, they can't. They just cannot bring themselves to doing that. And that's okay. But what we ask is that if that is you, please then responsibly understand that's you and don't endanger others by uh, carrying a firearm and then not being able to use it when it's needed. Those that can, you know, there's people out there like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I don't know if you folks know of him, Mm -hmm. but he is. He is a psychologist with the West Point uh, Military Academy. He's traveled all over the world. He trains law enforcement officers and military in the use of firearms as far as the mental aspect of it. What do you need to expect when the life and death situation comes around and you're going to use a firearm to defend yourself? This is what you could encounter. And thank God for him because he has saved several police officers' lives post-shooting when they thought that they had done something wrong or thought they were crazy, mm. Dave pointed out to them that what, exactly what they were thinking and anticipating and having happen is completely normal. It's not normal to engage fellow humans in a life and death situation. But when it does happen, you have to be mentally and physically prepared to do so. Right. And I've, I've mentioned several times, I, I took a training class. I thought, you know, I've been around guns all my life. I've handled guns. I've carried guns all my life. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I, I do all right. And then I took one of those uh, simulator classes, and <laughs> I failed on every <laughs> single part of it. And it just made me feel those like... Are a real eye, those are a real eye-opener, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. They are, and I, I highly encourage people to do them because it's just things you don't think about. Yeah, you know, people don't realize sometimes that the very tight situations that police officers put in where you respond to a home and you go into a house and you've got children and mm. you've got family members and you've got other people and then all of a sudden and a pet comes into play yeah and pets dogs mm. i mean we run into all of these things and then a gun comes into play and you are expected to be that perfect single response no no injuries to anybody. It's just, it's so hard sometimes. And like you said, those simulators, they are a real eye-opener when it comes to that because you go to shoot at the wrong person or at the wrong time, and then everything after that is downhill. That is right. so true. Well, you know, you said you yourself have been an officer 
that was aided by a responsible citizen. Several times. Since you have been in that scenario, help us understand, you know, if, if we encounter a, fi- a, a police officer, a first responder, who looks like they need help, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, we shouldn't just go rushing up and acting like somehow... Superman. Yeah, well, and somehow the police officer is just going to automatically know that we are one of the good guys on his side. How, how think, do we approach? That, yeah, sure. That's an excellent question. And I think the secret to that is when I was involved, I was in literally a knockdown, drag him out fight on the side of a road with a, with a suspect who was on narcotics. And I got to the point where the citizen, as they were running up, they started yelling to me, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. And yeah. And it was, I immediately realized that it wasn't, they were here to help the bad guy. (laughs) Right. So, 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 you know, and, and no, and it was perfect because I instantly knew they were there to help me. And both of the citizens that helped me in the two situations that I can remember, both did the exact same thing. They were yelling, I'm here to help you. And they grabbed the guys, and basically it was two-on-one after that, and we were able to get them under control. But had they not done what they did, mm. I definitely would have probably ended up with some serious injuries or, or in the hospital. So, you mm. know, God bless them. But citizens have been doing this for a while, but now it's gotten to the point where citizens are having to use armed response mm-hmm. to some of these things. And thank God they do, or we'd have two more dead police officers in this country. Wow. That, you know, that is just uh, so refreshing to hear that. It's like, you know, we work with our gun shop, AZ Firearms, we work with a lot of uh, first responders and, and police officers in our uh, business. So we get to know these people as people, you know. And, right. yeah, and absolutely. Then you flip on the news and the description that we're hearing of, you know, the people that wear a, a uniform and a badge, it's like, they're trying to paint this scenario where we're automatically supposed to be adversaries and, you know, kind of cast. You know, Cheryl, let me address that real quick. Yeah, please. Cops are not the enemy of the average Joe or the average citizen. We don't put on our uniform and put on our bulletproof vest and put on our, our gun belts to go out there and harass citizens. Literally, when I used to leave my house and kiss my wife goodbye, because it may be the last time, mm. I used to tell her that I'm going out because I want to make our little area of our, our little tiny country and our little tiny county and our little tiny city mm-hmm. that much better and safe for her to go out and, and go grocery shopping for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. So the thing was, is that I wasn't doing it to go out and find and harass citizens. I was going out to literally hunt down those that were a danger to the average everyday person. Mm-hmm. And that's the people that listen to your type of a show. You know, these are good people. These are people that want to make a difference. And the people that listen to your type of a show are those Americans who believe in what it is that I became a police officer for almost 36 years ago. You know, I became a cop because I wanted to make my country and my city and my state better. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that, that there are a lot of guys out there and a lot of girls out there that are getting into law enforcement wanting to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't fight against the citizens. We're for the citizens. We're out there to protect those people. The thing is, is we're out there to get the bad guys away from the citizens. And if the citizens can help us do that, by all means, please let us know. Jump in. Help us out. And we... <laughs> We love citizens who, who stand up for what is right and what is, what is all the good things that we try and go out and do, and they're there to help us out. We have no problems with that. Absolutely. I love that. Now, we've got a break for commercial real quick, but I've got so much more I want to dive into with you. Can you stick around? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. All right. Well, stick around. We have much more to discuss with Chris Wagner. He has been in law enforcement for 35 plus years. He's a U.S. Army veteran. He also writes for OpsLens.com. So we've got a lot to chat with him about. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. 
Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Brought to you by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I'm not going to say the biggest, but I'll say the biggest. <laughs> you did uh, it. We have Chris Wagner. Chris Wagner is a 35-plus year uh, law enforcement officer. And Chris, are you still with us? I absolutely am. Great. Hey, Chris, real quick. You know, one of the things that people, that I think, have a problem with is when they're approached by law enforcement, what to do next. And I have to tell you a quick story. I mean, I'm 61 years old now. When I was 16, driving a car, once I got pulled over by a police officer, they had the helicopters, everything. It scared the death out of me. They told me to get out of the car, put my hands behind my back, on my head. And I didn't know what was going on, and so I resisted. I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. What are you doing to me? Well, the next thing I know, I was... Uh, putting on the back of a police car passed out because they <laughs> choked me uh, and put me out. Now, that was wrong, but that's another thing. But here's the thing. I've learned that if a police officer pulls you over, do exactly what they ask you to do. Deal with it. Don't give them any issues. Tell them what they, want to, what they need to know. If they did something wrong, deal with it later. Don't make a problem out of something that could just be a simple you know, I didn't know. They just, they took me to a place. They said, that's not the guy, and they let me go. But I caused a big scene when I could have just said, yeah, sure, let's go. What do you say to all that, Chris? Well, you know, what you have encountered is not uncommon. And what I want to say to the people that listen to you is cops are not your enemies, first of all. Right. We are there to help protect the, the, the public at large. But what you don't understand, and a lot of people don't understand, is the fact that we are sent to locations and sent on calls where people are trying to harm us. Mm. So yeah. when we first go there, our, our mindset is, how do I protect myself? That, mm-hmm. That's the first thing cops think about is, how do, how do I protect myself in this situation? How do I keep myself from being hurt? You know, so... Well, it's like I, putting I the, the the mask on in the airplane, right? You've got to, if you exactly. are, if you're incapacitated, yeah. you're of no good to anybody. So you put your own mask on first, you protect yourself first, and then you can, you can protect and serve. So sorry for interrupting you. Such, no, that is such a good, yeah, I'm going to use that. That is such a good example of what I'm talking about. Cops have to make sure that they're in control and safe and everything is, is like calmed down and the situations are good before we can do anybody else any good. We're never any good if we don't get where we're supposed to be going, i.e. an accident, or we get to where we're going and we don't control the situation and make sure that everybody else is safe. So, yeah, you're 100% right. And and most people, think about the encounters that most people have with police officers. It's either a ticket or something violent or something where they have been violated and the police officers come to take a report. So it's never a positive kind of an event. Right. 
we we literally respond to things that are negative in people's lives and try to help them put the pieces back together. So what I hope that people would understand that listen to you is that police officers don't want to be your enemies. We want to be the ones that are helping you and making you more secure. So if that is the case, if you have an encounter with a police officer on the side of the road, say you get stopped in your arm. I wrote a, a piece on opslens.com that said what to do if you're, you're armed and you're stopped by a cop. The very best thing you can do is simply listen. Listen to the police officer, do what they ask you to do, and then nothing after that will be a problem because the police officer thinks, and not that it's necessarily 100% right, but the police officer thinks that what they are running and doing is right at the time. If there's an issue with it, the best thing, and exactly like you said, is later to deal with it at a different level. Don't deal on the side of the road. On the side of the road is not a place to argue with police officers because, quite frankly, they're the, they're the rule on the side of the road, and you're not going to win. If right. you argue on the side of the road, you're going to have a problem. Best thing to do is do as they say, do as they ask, and then when it's done, if they were wrong, you need to then follow it later at the station with the with the internal affairs or with the police officer supervisor and say, hey, listen, this is what happened and I don't think it was right. And that is perfectly fine because I hate to say this, we're not always 100% right. I know most cops won't say that, but we're not. We're <laughs> well, not human. always right. Yes, exactly. And I've made mistakes in my career and I admit it. And it's nice, actually, once in a while to be kind of steered in the right direction, say, hey, you know, listen, you might have done this the wrong way. Maybe you could have approached it this way. And that's why we need the citizens to help us out and say, you're getting a little cynical, Chris. Maybe you need to back up and, and take a look at how you're treating people. Well, and you guys, you guys have to make split second decisions. You're not always going to be right, but you have no, to but, take but control at, of the situation. Right. And, and it's mostly for our safety. But look at also the fact that who do we deal with most of the time? We're not dealing with a stand-up citizen who is the, the, right. the star person in your neighborhood. We're dealing with the criminals and the, the lower underbelly of people who, the, the ones that want to hurt people, the people that want to do the crimes and things. Right. And those are the kind of people that we deal with. So when we run into somebody like you who's a stand-up citizen and has a concealed carry permit and is really doing everything by the book, we may not be able to switch that lever and that gear to say, okay, you got to deal with this like he's a respectable citizen. Right. So and you need to you need to let us know every now and then that make sure that we're doing things the right way and that we're taking care of, of the people that we're supposed to be taking care of. You two are the people that we're, I'm out there to protect. I'm not out there to protect the, the bad guys. I want to make sure you are okay, Cheryl, and you guys are okay. And so, I and I, we really appreciate that. And that's the thing. You you look on the news and see all the negative that's about police right now. And if you see the yeah. situations that it seems like to me that each one of those situations, if the person would have complied to what the officer said, they would have still been alive today or they would they would be okay. It would be a non-story at yeah. least. Exactly. And you know what? And that's so true. And, and I, it kills me and hurts me literally because I teach police officers now in the academy. It hurts me every time I hear of an instance where a police officer tried to get a person to listen, tried to get a person to, to at least follow directions. And had they done that, there would have been, like you said, a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just it's, it's really sad when someone is injured and they didn't need to be. We don't want that. My gosh, do you think I want to go home knowing that I hurt somebody and I mm. didn't have to? Absolutely I, not. I, I, I have to live with that the rest of my life. I have been involved in three police shootings. All three of them justified. All three of them were, were violent encounters. But if I had ever had to shoot someone and then realized later that I didn't mm. have to do it, imagine how devastating that would be. They have to live with that for the rest right. of their life. So, we don't want to do that. We want to, we would just like you guys, we want to be the best and do the best. Everything is on the up and up, but you know what? Every now and then there is that encounter that is on the a line and we're not sure we're people too. Just like, like she pointed out, we, we don't know uh, everything. We're not um, infallible. Yeah. And we do make, yeah, we do make mistakes. And when we do though, please point them out to us so that we learn from them. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're talking about how, you know, you, you kiss your wife goodbye, you go out into the community in order to, to improve the community, in, in order to protect what's good and, and push back at what's bad. 
And I think that if we if we looked at our communities a little differently and through a lens like that, you know, how does a bad area become a bad area? How does crime get a toehold? It's one successful incident that is encouraging the next incident and if they're successful and it just grows and grows and grows. So if we can kind of nip that in the bud, you know, that does take community and police cooperation. And um, uh, Cheryl, I, w- I wish that people in the community were like you because well, it's you. so true. Exactly what you just said. It, it takes one incident and then another. And what it is is it's complacency. Mm. We, the, the citizens of a neighborhood, they see something happen and they allow it to happen and they don't say anything and they think, oh, it'll go away or this is just a fa- whatever it may be. But if you get the police involved and get them and tell them, I live here, mm. you know, I live in a neighborhood just like everybody else does. And I don't want criminals in my neighborhood. And if you don't want criminals in your neighborhood, you should call and tell the police, mm. hey, this is a drug house. This is a whatever. We don't want them in your neighborhood either. I used to patrol a crack ridden, absolutely crime-ridden neighborhood in Pompano, Florida. That was one of my my areas that I patrolled as a police officer. And I felt so bad for those people. I felt terrible for them. And every day that I went to work, it was literally in my mind, I'm going to make this neighborhood better for them. Mm. And I would go out and talk to the older citizens and the older people in the neighborhood and say, listen, what can I do for you? They were so afraid that if they got caught talking to me or if people saw them, that they would be, and I, I kept telling them, we will protect you. And it becomes one of those issues where you have to balance, do you want to make your life better or do you want to just exist? Right. And we tried to make sure that we tried to make their lives better every single day. Wow. And, and it's true. That's what we, we tried to do. Well, I think you're a wonderful example of what is right in the, the first responders oh, community. You. And you're That's welcome. Nice. Thank you. and, and thank you so much for taking the time uh, for, for coming on with us. And we're about to run out of time, but I did definitely want people to uh, know about the article that you wrote and the the uh, company that you, the website that you write for, opslens.com. Yes, Tell us a little bit about that and how you got connected with them. Opslens.com. It's O-P-S. LENS.com is a, what they call experience-driven commentary. They hire writers who have experience in special areas to write on those areas. So mine, of course, is law enforcement and firearms. And what I try to do is focus on those areas that I have some knowledge in. And what I, it's just, it's actually refreshing and kind of cathartic to write about those things when, yeah, it is. And you explain to people how you feel and then I love the interaction with the, the people who read the articles and write back to me. I, folks, if you get a chance, please go to those, that website and take a look at the articles we write. And if you want to search for mine, that's fine. I will answer every single email or message you send me because that's what it's for. It's, it's to literally contact the citizens of the United States and make this country better and, and to try and communicate. We're, the cops are not your enemies, I promise you. We, I teach in the police academy. I run a large police academy in North Florida. We are there to help the citizens. That is what I tell them every day. We are there to make our country better, not to make it worse. And if you're making it worse, you're not a solution. I so please, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much, Chris. Again, thank you for your service to our country and to the communities that you've served. Uh, we need many, many more like you. And uh, uh, Cheryl, I train I train them every day, and I tell them every day the exact same thing, and then hopefully they'll they'll get the message. But if you ever 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 need any help, questions, comment, anything, I would be more than happy to help. I will absolutely be reaching back out to you. This was very time very well spent for for us, and I know for our listeners. So thank you again so much, Chris Wagner. Uh, you can find his work at opslens.com. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. God bless. All right. Well, stick around because we still have a wonderful guest waiting in the wings. It's Adam Radigan. Now, he's with Mantis X Training Systems. This is a digital system. I think I'm saying that right. 
that not only diagnoses, but coaches you on areas that you need improvement in your target shooting. Very cool stuff. Stick around. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is fitness and firearms, and our next guest is Adam Radigan of Mantis X Training System. So this is a system that gives you instant feedback on your target practice. It's a training system that diagnoses and coaches you on an area where you need improvement. And Adam is the firearms instructor with Mantis X. He's an avid outdoorsman and an engineer. He's received many awards and certifications in both combat pistol and rifle. And he is continually seeking opportunities to teach and train. Adam, are you with us? I am. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. And I'm. this is such a visual system, this Mantis X, that we're going to have to do a really good job of painting some word pictures here. Um, but we could start right off the bat and encourage people, maybe, you know, grab your smartphone or whatever and go to the website and kind of follow along and see what we're talking about. What is the website? The website is mantisx.com. And you're totally right. If, if you've got some visual in front of you, it'll make a lot more sense. Absolutely. And uh, I definitely want to dive in and talk about how this system works. But, you know, as we were getting to know each other offline and, and you know, bringing your bio forward so I knew how to introduce you well, I love one of the lines you put in there. You said, Adam loves to be outdoors and he has an irrational fear of elevators. I'm like... <laughs> I don't think there is such a thing as, as an irrational fear of elevators because they are small, confined spaces that you have to share with strangers. I, it's it's creepy. <laughs> well, thank you. That makes me feel better about myself. Adam, welcome to the show. This is Dan. I have a question for you before we even start. I did not get a chance yeah. to see this system. So you're you're okay. talking to a guy that knows nothing about it. So that's kind of good because Perfect. then we can talk to our audience that way. Uh, mm -hmm. Is this a system that anyone can own? It is. It's a, it's a rail-attached firearms training system. It attaches to any standard Picatinny rail, and it's, it's about an inch and a half long, an inch high and wide. And so it's very small, weighs just barely over an ounce, uh, small and light, easy to, easy to attach, and very simple to set up, and very inexpensive as well. And then what do you shoot at? doesn't matter. So what we've done with this system is we've eliminated, essentially we've eliminated sight alignment and sight picture from the equation, and we're focusing in on your manipulation of the firearm. So 
So your, your stance, your grip, your trigger control primarily, and we're analyzing that information. So it doesn't matter how far away you are from your target. It doesn't matter what your target is. It doesn't matter how many targets you have. This is designed to allow you to train exactly how you would normally train and then get shot-by-shot analysis as you're going along. Interesting. So um, we can see this on your website, so I need to do that. And so you get the instant feedback on your smartphone, right? Yes. And so does it matter which smartphone platform you have? It doesn't. We have the app available for Android or iOS, and both work exactly the same. So tell us, you know, is this something that the average Joe can afford or is this like, you know, you got to really you know, save your lunch money, as my dad used to say, to, to be able to afford? That, that was one of the big things when we went into this project. We wanted it to be affordable for anyone. So the, the price point is $150, which if you're looking at firearms accessories, as you guys know, that that is that's right in the middle of the range. I mean, you can get you can get some cheap holsters. I've spent over 150 bucks on a holster before, mm-hmm. and this system allows you to train both live fire and dry practice. So, getting feedback on that dry practice can save you a lot of time and money that you would have normally spent at the range. So, it's very affordable, and it it if you do a cost benefit analysis, you can recover those costs very quickly. So, it tells how will it know what I'm shooting at? So, is it an accuracy thing too? Or it's just control of your firearm? It's just control of your firearm. We, we believe that if you can get that trigger control perfect and that, that grip and all of that perfect, the target takes care of itself. Uh-huh. If, if you're firing the, the, the gun the same way every single time, you're going to get a great group on the target. Now, you may have to adjust that group on the target. It may not be dead center, and that could be a side alignment issue. That could be that your sights need to be adjusted. But if you can't manipulate the firearm sufficiently to know that that's where your group is shooting, it doesn't matter so much even how, how good your sight alignment and your sight picture is if you're slapping the trigger every time. So again, we've eliminated those so that once you can get that tight group, then, you can, then you'll know if your gun needs to be adjusted a little bit or if your sight alignment needs to be adjusted a little bit. Well, I'm looking at and your so website. Oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. I'm looking at your website now. It says 94% of beta taster, testers improved after using it for just 20 minutes. Wow. Yes, sir. That's awesome. This is mm-hmm. such a brilliant idea. And you said it works on not just pistols, but also rifles? That is correct. We are, we're launching very, very soon. Uh, we're doing an update to the app. And the app is free, so any updates are, are then available to all the users. We're doing a, an update very soon where we will have specific rifle algorithms that will work even better. And so we're, we're adjusting a few things so that when people are using it on pistol or rifle, they can select which one they're using, and it will be even more effective for them. This is so great. You know, going along with our theme of fitness and firearms, uh, one of the guests we were talking to says, you know, just, you know, the process of of getting your stance and doing some dry firing and that sort of thing, that, that is all part of building your muscle memory and that sort of thing. And to be able to get some feedback on what you're doing is just more the better. Yeah, training is expensive. Uh, to have a coach over your shoulder every time you go to the range is very expensive. And, and we're not trying to take the job away from the coaches. They, they do something that an electronic will never be able to do. Oh, of course. But again, it's so expensive to go to, to Thunder Rancher to gun site every week, and I can't afford that. I'm sure there's someone out there that can, but <laughs> this is a way to have that, to have that coach over, looking over your shoulder, giving you that feedback, understanding a little bit better maybe than you do what's going on, or if you do understand it specifically, then you can analyze the data and understand exactly what you need to do. That is so cool. And you said there's some, I mean, of course, we're going into the big SHOT Show week in, in Las Vegas where it's the industry summit. You know, everybody comes mm-hmm. together, the big convention. And so you, do you have something cool you're going to be unveiling? Do you have some new uh, elements coming into play? Yeah, our biggest thing is the, the rifle version or the rifle setting within the app. So the, the app update that we're doing, and, and again, because it's a, an electronic device capturing the movement data of the gun paired with the app, really all we ever update is the app because we already have the movement data gathered from the, the hardware. So it's the software is our update, and with that update, we'll have a rifle version with specific rifle algorithms. We will allow you to select your firearm if you want to do that so that you can filter the history by firearm 
so you could shoot, you know, one week with one gun and one week with another gun and then actually see which one you shoot better, which one which one you're able to control better. And and a couple of other things within within that app that will allow you to analyze the you analyze your shooting even more. Well, this is just beyond beyond cool. I am geeking out like like I rarely <laughs> geek out, but I am about this. Well, you're going to be at the Shot Show booth number 3248. Are you going to have demos there so I can try one out? Yeah, yeah, we'll be demoing the whole week. We'll be there, and hopefully we'll be real busy. I just know you're going to be. Now, really quickly, before we have to run away, um, tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got connected with Mantis X. Perfect. Yeah, I was involved in shooting for, for quite a few years. I was training with a company in Utah, an Academy of Marksmanship Matters, and they invited me to become one of their instructors. They had an instructor course a couple months later, and they, the head firearms instructor came up to me and asked me if I would, if I would be a part of that. So I did. I was, I was very flattered, and I became one of their instructors. And I was going to school in engineering, and one of a good friend of mine, he actually knew the or knows the owner of Mantis X, Austin Allgaier. And he said, hey, Adam, you love firearms. You love engineering. You should go talk to this guy. They're developing this product. So I went and I talked with him, and they had all the engineers they needed on the project. But once they once they launched it, they needed a point of contact. They needed someone to go out and talk with the law enforcement agencies and, and the other instructors out there who could speak the language and who understood what how to train people and all of that. And so that's that's when they hired me on. That's how I got onto this project and became a part of it. That is so cool. So are, do law enforcement agencies use this this tool? Yes, they do. I just think that is just brilliant, you know, and, and you know, ammunition is expensive and, you know, not so easy to come by all the time. And so I think that if we're able to kind of keep our proficiency and work on our proficiency without expending uh, expensive ammunition, then, I mean, that helps pay for itself in at, at some point, right? Definitely. Definitely does. And and from an instructor standpoint, if I wanted a training system for for my law enforcement agency or for my personal academy, those get those get really, really expensive very quickly. Mm-hmm. They're they're thousands of dollars for the baseline ones. And honestly what we've tried to do here is still give the same type of diagnostics and more. I mean, we give a trace view like the SCAT system does. We allow you to shoot live and dry with the same systems, which most systems don't do. Mm-hmm. So we've really tried to include everything into a very simple, easy to use inexpensive package for individuals, for instructors, for academies, for anyone. That's great. And there's a, you know, we're in Arizona talking to you from Arizona right now, and our weather is amazing all year long, except when it's crazy hot outside. But there's a lot of places that people just get snowbound. They get snowed in. And, you know, if they're not practicing and working on their skills, those are diminishing uh, skills. So this would help people through some long winter months uh, when they're not necessarily able to get out on the range. Amen. Amen to that. I'm I'm in Utah, and it's it. I got you know eight inches of snow outside right now, and I I train with it every day personally. I I train with it for an hour a day, and I do about a hundred shots on my right hand, hundred shots on my left hand on the pistol, and then I go to the rifle, and it. I've been amazed. I've been amazed how much that helps. And then when I do go out and shoot in the winter time, you know, just a couple times during the winter outside, but it it's made a huge difference. That's and awesome. I've noticed that in my own shooting. Fantastic. Well, we're heading off to shot. Are you going to be there too? I will be there. Fantastic. We will. I look forward to meeting you. And hopefully Austin will be there. Uh, the He's the founder of, of he is. Mantis X, right? Yep. And he will be there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Tell us the website one more time before we have to run. MantisX.com. Couldn't be any simpler. Thank you so much, Adam Radigan of Mantis X. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right. Well, this has been an awesome day, and I am so excited for our last segment coming up, our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Coming up right after this. Hi, I'm Bob Main. Now that you have your concealed carry license... I think you and I probably both know that that class probably wasn't really training. Have you ever thought about getting some training beyond your concealed carry? 
license. Well, that's why Ben Branham and I decided to call our classes Beyond Concealed Carry. We're going to teach you how to move and shoot, how to shoot one-handed, even how to shoot and make hits without the use of your sights. And if that's something for you and you think you'd like to take advantage of that, as a Self-Defense Radio Network listener, you can get nice discounts on the classes and the subsequent video programs for reinforcement. All you have to do is visit the listener discount page at selfdefenseradio.net and put in the password SDRN, all lowercase. Again, the listener discount page and all lowercase SDRN. Hope to see you at a class soon. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And I think, you know, we... Today, we definitely engaged. I'm sure we educated, and I feel confident we informed. What a wonderful show. Um, the, the guests that have spent their time coming on and talking to us, I'm just always humbled uh, at the, the life stories that people come on and, and share with us and the caliber of, of people that will come on and, and talk with us. Yeah, they stop in the middle of their day to help us. Yeah. To get their message across. And uh, I think it's amazing. I think you also do an amazing job getting the guests on the show. Well, thank you, kind sir. I appreciate it. I drive us to the show. You do. (laughs) And you do an awesome job with that. And you always swing by and get us coffee so that we stay awake and (laughs) refreshed. So um, anyway, kudos all around. Just a a great show. And now it's time for one of our, our favorite moments of the show, always, and that is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. You know, we use this phrase every week because I really want it to almost be like a mantra in your mind, like, you know, when you hear a commercial on TV or something and, or a jingle or something and you already know the words, even though you, you don't know that you know them. Um, because responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. So today, Dan, danger rides a bike? Many of us don't necessarily think about at-home carry, right? Quote-unquote at-home carry, meaning that we carry a gun everywhere we go, including while we are relaxing in our living rooms and on our back patio, 
Many of us, as soon as we get home, we put our guns away. After all, home should be our place to just completely relax and go into the white zone of awareness, trusting that we are safe from intrusion and harm. But thankfully for one homeowner whose yard danger was using on a bicycle as an escape route to flee from the police, he has, this bad guy was trying to avoid a felony robbery arrest. Well, this responsibly armed citizen was able to stop any evil plans that danger had on his mind. Naples News, December 9th, 2016. Man who leads deputies on foot chase stopped at gunpoint by homeowner. An East Naples man fled from deputies first using a bicycle and then on foot before a homeowner stopped him at gunpoint, according to the Collier County Sheriff's Office. Evans Fortin, 22, was arrested Thursday and faces a misdemeanor charge of resisting a law enforcement officer without violence and a felony charge of fleeing and eluding. He also has an outstanding warrant for a felony charge of robbery with a firearm in Lee County, according to an arrest report. Deputies, deputies observed Fortin riding a motorcycle, make that a bicycle, shortly. <laughs> for real, right? A yeah. bicycle. Not the greatest mode of I guess it does have escape. a motor. His feet could be the motor. Or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Flintstones. A, a bike. The Flintstones. Right. All right, go on. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Blade. Back to it. Deputies observed Fortin riding a bicycle shortly after 11 a.m. when he failed to stop at a stop sign at 24th Avenue and Hunter Boulevard, the report stated. When deputies turned on the patrol car's emergency lights to conduct a traffic stop, Fortin turned his head around, saw the lights, and continued to ride his bicycle north of Hunter Boulevard. He eventually rode his bicycle through the backyard of a home on Hunter Boulevard in an attempt to flee from the deputies, according to the report. Deputies started chasing Fortin on foot. They saw him jump the fence of a home on 51st Terrace Southwest before they found that a homeowner in the backyard had stopped Fortin at gunpoint. Fortin was taken to the Naples County Jail. Since 2013, Fortin has been arrested five times and has faced charges ranging from marijuana and cocaine possession to driving with a suspended license arrest record show. Well, of course, that was Blade, our newsman on the microphone here. How, in the how studio. can you make a bigger mistake? <laughs> than bicycle <laughs> calling it a motorcycle you know what i am i think you do an awesome job because it, it's not easy to read live it really isn't it isn't your brain thinks you see one thing and then your mouth goes running that's off right with it. well but i have you do a great job thank you first of all i have advice for you out there that are uh, career criminals uh-huh you can only afford a bike <laughs> it must not be a, get a get a legit job so you can afford yeah, something besides bike. And then also that's telling if, right there. If you have a felony charge for robbery, don't ride a bike and not stop at a stop sign. <laughs> Best advice I give you. And then third final, there's a lot of responsibly armed citizens out there. Mm-hmm. Don't go in their backyard. Yeah, do not. Don't come in ours. That's for dang sure. All right. Well, you know what time it is now, Dan. Um, Time for Dan's commentary. Tell yourself you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. I want to talk more about what Scott Levin had to say today. Mm-hmm. Lavin had to say today. Lavin. Good Lavin. job. <laughs> you know, the Bureau of Land Management, that's the... Uh, ones that handle all the federal land that's owned by the federal government, Mm -hmm. they are wanting to get our input for whether or not to close public land that we have a right to, Mm -hmm. to cause us, so we can't go shooting. Mm -hmm. Now, why would they do that, Dan? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Are they big, bad bullies? No, they're not big, bad bullies. As far as I know, they're not big, bad bullies. But here's the problem, that we... Just think about what will happen if we lose that right. I live in central Phoenix or west side of Phoenix. If I want to go shoot my firearms, if they close the BLM in our area, which is Miller Road, I will have to drive about 100 miles away to go shooting. How can I stop that from happening? I can send a card or I can go to one of the meetings that we're going to have posted on our website and I can voice my opinion. 
and I can help prevent that from happening. But there's more that we need to do. And this is everyone out there, the shooters, um, homeowners, whoever. We've got to clean up our mess. We have, you could go out shooting and you'll see old refrigerators, old washers and old TVs, all this stuff. And those, those items that are out there may have not came from a shooter, but we shoot them. And right. we make a mess out of the If the you land. shoot it, you own it. And even if you didn't shoot it and you see it, why right. not be a good citizen and, and haul it out and take it to its appropriate place? Right. The last time we did a cleanup, uh, we, we found, uh, oh, I don't know, four 40-foot dumpsters full of trash. And, and a boat. And a boat. <laughs> in and, the middle and, of the and, desert. And get this. We saw people with trailers hauling trash out into the desert and then coming back with nothing on their trailer because it was a one-way street. A one, you know, one way in. So we know that, you know, we have to be responsible. And even those guys that are hauling trash out there and dumping it, you know, you might be using this land another time. You're going to lose that right. We're all going to lose that. And let's look at it this way. Let's suppose that you had a friend that had maybe 10 acre, 10 miles of land. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, come on out here and shoot. Shoot against that bank against there. Shoot. Have a good time. So you bring your friends and you go out there and you shoot and you leave trash. When is he's going to come up and say no more? Mm-hmm. Right. And when he comes up and says no more, guess what you're going to call him? A big bad bully. Yes. Because he won't. How dare you? You said I could. And now I can't shoot. And now where am I going to shoot? Mm-hmm. I can't shoot anywhere else. Well, you shouldn't have brought the trash in or you should have took the trash out when you when you came. So it's just good neighbor policy. It, it is good. Just neighbor. good manners. You know, it's just like you know, you go to your friend's house. You know, you 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 keep it you clean. take your plate into the right. kitchen, right? You right. put your your glass on a coaster to protect his furniture or her furniture. I mean, why do we act like a bunch of of heathens the minute right. that it's like you're anonymous? So. So somehow you get to act like, you know, the lowest common denominator. And think it's about this, cool. too. You know how the federal government works, how it has worked. You give them an inch, they take a mile. So they might start with just one area, and they end up slowly taking it all over. They have justification if we trash it. They have justification. So what James Brown and me are saying to you today, two things. You need to send a letter or appear at one of the hearings, which we have on our website. Mm-hmm. Two, you need to clean up your mess when you're done. Hey! If James was here with us today, I'm sure he'd be a shooter too. Blade's looking at me because one Come time on, I once. said, hey! Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm never doing I don't that again. Think, but I don't here, think, here, I've done it twice now just because Blade's looking Blade, at me. I don't think she did that. I think she was clearing her throat at the That's time. That's that is. Because she does that all the time at home. No. No, I don't. What uh, a great show. And what a beautiful day. And tomorrow we're driving to the SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas, here we come. And anybody that's listening, if you happen to see me wandering around the halls of the SHOT Show, probably staring down at my smartphone because I'm notorious for that. She'll bump into you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Just tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, I listen to the show. I like what you do. Hey, I listen to the show. I hated that one thing you said. You know, whatever. Just and keep I'll be, it civil. I'll be around with a green uh, Air, AZ firearm shirt, walking around, and uh, my tongue hanging out, looking at all the neat guns out there. That's the truth. All right. Well, thank you again so much to our, our tech crew and Mr. Blade over there, who just wears so many hats and, and does so much to keep everything running smoothly, including reading the news sometimes. Uh, like you did today. Thank you to our listeners and our amazing guests. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, even the ones you don't like. I'm going to stick to the majority. (laughs) Maybe especially the ones you don't like. Whether those are the majority or not, I guess that's up to you. Be good to each other. Have a great day week and by the time we talk to you next we will have a brand new president inaugurated 
and God bless. brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well